Now with the new frozen Kraft Mac and Cheese meals, I can give them a complete meal that they'll eat completely. That's right. No more broccoli battles. Just clean plates and big smiles. So, moms, it's time for our victory dance. Whoop, to the sprinkler. Uh-huh. Now, Shimmy. Mom, what are you doing? I'm doing that. You ate your whole dinner dance. Woo, that's right. Craft mac and cheese meals. So good, it's gone. Find it in the frozen aisle. This is Kelly Clarkson. If you love awesome music, then you also have a soft spot for TV's number one singing competition, The Voice. This season, it'll be bigger and better than ever with Adam Blake, Jennifer Hudson, and the reigning champ, moi. I've won The Voice six times. There is life beyond Blake. I want to be a cowboy. I can do all that too. Your turn, Blake. <laughs> Watch Team Kelly on The Voice. Not to brag, but I am the returning champ. Followed by the premiere of Manifest, tonight on NBC. Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Sex Wrap. You're here with Spring and Andrew, and we are both professors of sexuality and sexual health, and I'm here in New York City, and Andrew, as always, is in Miami, constantly making me jealous. Yeah, um, it's like a swamp here. Which but, I'm um, so jealous of. <laughs> but, but I love that we have the sex rep because I get to talk to my best friend Spring about sex all the time, which is awesome. Welcome, everybody. Yeah, and we are also super excited because in a week and a half on the weekend of September 22nd and uh, 23rd, we are going to be at the Brooklyn Sex Expo, and it is going to be so much fun. We have ordered a lot of fun stuff to bring with us. So if you want some sex wrap goodies, stop by our booth. Um, Andrew's been showing me his uh, penis paper clips this morning, which are amazing. (laughs) They're super fun. Um, We're also going to have stuff to do uh, glitter tattoos. So if you stop by our booth, spring can glam you up. Um, And because I'm a germaphobe, I bought disposable brushes and paintbrushes and kits. So you know, like we talk about safe sex. You don't want to share your sex toys. You also don't want to share your makeup brushes. So come get a safe sex glitter tattoo from spring. <laughs> I'm not artistic. I can't do it. I'd give you like a safe sex. Bleh. And I would consider myself a glitter expert. It's- she is constantly coated in glitter. So <laughs> true. So is my house and anyone that comes in contact with me at any time. <laughs> and I love it. Yeah. So. Um, what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about dating apps. Oh, oh <laughs> I am an expert on... Uh, today is one of these days where I'm going to be able to back it up with a little bit of science and Spring's going to actually going to bring it to life with some <laughs> anecdotes. Um, yeah. so, so what's our question though? We're going to talk about dating apps. What's the actual question? I mean, I think the question is how do I use dating apps, right? Okay. How do I use dating apps? So well, I can tell you a story. I can tell you a story about how I use dating apps. Um, so for those <laughs> listeners who don't know, I've been in a long-term relationship um, that started pretty much before dating apps were. I mean, the, 
the online apps were out there a little bit when I started dating my partner, but um, so I don't really use dating apps. But uh, when Grinder first came out, one of my best friends, Grinder, is a dating app for uh, mostly men who want to have sex with men, gaming, whatever. Um, but I was already in my relationship. My one of my best friends was a bartender who was also in a relationship, and he thought it would be really funny if he wouldn't talk to me except if I opened up the dating app and sent him messages through it. Because every time I would open it up and send him my drink order. But he would make and that was fine. Um, other people would start message. Other people would start messaging me, kind of like forcing me down this dating app road for somebody who's kind of not a part of it at all. So um, that's pretty much it for my personal use. But I think I, in my life, people around me are constantly using them too. So I'm seeing friends use them uh, successfully, not so successfully, happily, sadly, all across the board. So I have a lot of experience with people around yeah. me using it. But in and of myself, I. I don't really use them. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to be a fun episode because uh, if we look at how people were dating 20 years ago versus 10 years ago versus five years ago versus nine, every single year we see the number of people who are both using um, and using them successfully, creating permanent relationships based off of uh, dating apps, it goes up. Yeah. So important talk. Great question. Yeah. And I think it it's really important to talk about how to use them and how to use them safely and how to use them uh, to actually meet people IRL uh, because there is a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of skill involved in kind of negotiating that because it's very different than meeting somebody um, just at the corner or at a store. You know, you meet people very differently. Meeting someone at the corner? I mean, yeah, people talk to who you. Do you. Who do you meet at the corner, <laughs> Spring? <laughs> People talk to me on the corner all the time. <laughs> Wait across the street. I don't know. You don't talk to people at the corner. <laughs> we walk everywhere in New York City. We're always on the corner. <laughs> when someone says they're on the corner, a very different picture comes to mind over here. But we'll talk about that in another episode. Another episode, we'll get to that. Okay. <sighs> I just didn't want to say in a bar. So I was trying to think of other places. <laughs> At yoga class. There we go. No. Okay. So anyway. So so for me, when I start looking at da- uh, apps, so whenever this question came in, I pulled up my phone and I looked at dating apps in the Apple iTunes store. And you know how many different dating apps there are? I mean, I can tell you that I once won a contest for having the most dating apps on my phone. So I know there's at least 10 because that's how many I have on my phone. <laughs> Okay, so at least 10, there are hundreds and hundreds of different dating apps for every kind of person and background and faith system, religious, Jewish, white. I mean, they're all over the place, right? Like there's farmers only. So if you are a farmer who listens to our show and you're interested in dating another farmer, there's an app for that, which is pretty awesome in a way too. And I mean, the other interesting thing is, is that people are using non-dating apps as dating apps in a way also. So we can also touch on that a little bit, but the, we're going to specifically talk about apps that were designed for this purpose in mind. Yeah. And if, if you're starting to think about online dating, or if you're already online dating, choosing an app that's right for you is really important. Right. And Spring already mentioned safety. I mean, some of the apps have um, women's safety built in throughout the entire process as well. 
So when we're looking at using dating apps, yeah, I think that one of the things to do is actually talk to some of your friends who are using them in your area to kind of get a feel for which dating apps are more popular kind of in the physical area that you're living in, because it does vary greatly depending on which country you're in and even which area of the country. And so kind of certain dating apps will be more popular in that area. And then you'd want to be on those so that you have kind of a broader uh, pool of people to interact with and to potentially go on dates with. Um, so I think that's one thing that's important in kind of choosing which dating apps you want to put your time and energy into. Um, and then another thing is, yeah, looking at the different features of the different apps to see kind of which things seem most important to you. Um, so, for example, in talking about kind of putting the women first um, in Bumble, that's a dating app where women have to make the first move. So after people match in there, then women are supposed to um, make the first comment or enter a statement, um, although they do allow same-sex matching on there, so I don't know what the rule is in that sense, <laughs> um, but in general, uh, that's the rule women have to start first. And, um, and I, I think that's really important to talk about, too, because if we start talking about the experiences of women in online dating and app-based dating, they get... Um, a lot of attention and a lot of negative attention too, especially when they say no. Uh, so it's, it's really good if you are thinking about online dating or, or doing some kind of online dating to think about your health, your safety, and your mental health. Um, because if you're at an app that allows everyone to talk to everyone and you're getting all of this unwanted attention, it can make that dating experience really negative. And it's interesting because a lot of the apps have actually moved toward this. You have to match first before uh, messages can be sent. Um, so Tinder was one of the first apps to do that. And Bumble does that. And then um, Hinge does that now. Um, and so when you find these apps that have that feature where you have to match before initiating conversation, that also cuts down on this unwanted messages and actually feels a lot better in the interactions and feels a lot safer as well, because you're only communicating with people that you have some interest in communicating with in the first place. Yeah. And, and another thing, like, so Spring just said, uh, it's important to communicate with people you have interests with. Um, a lot of the time uh, in these dating apps, conversations start kind of abruptly or roughly. Um, and there's the, the research side, the background side says like the least effective opener that you can use in a dating app is hi or hey or what's up or how's it going? Yeah. yeah. So the, so so. Yeah, those types of messages get very few responses, if any, um, unless there is some very, very strong desire to specifically chat with that person. Like it has to be uh, very strong to kind of overcome the lackluster message. I know it's kind of like the spam email that you get. Like, am I actually going to open the one spam email that's like asterisk, asterisk, asterisk? Congratulations! You, no, <laughs> no one's ever going to open that email. So don't, so don't be that spam email. So instead, there's a lot of really fun ideas. So if you just do some searches on Google, the internet, you can see some fun stuff. But things that are much more successful, and these are true in real life too, right? So what gets someone interested in talking to you in real life? very much is going to be the same thing that gets someone interested in responding to you in an online dating app. But you can do something like uh, ask a question like this or that. So do you prefer Lady Gaga or Katy Perry? Right. And then start the, con the conversation with one of those two. One uh, of my favorite um, 
intro lines, both to give to other people and to receive, is a specific comment or question on one of my photos. Um, because that, you know, it's directed at you. So, you know, it's not just a spam kind of line or something that someone uses to get anyone talking. So I really enjoy something that's specifically directed at me. Um, and I enjoy to give that back to people as well when I'm starting the conversation. Well, and people can do that with you because you've created profiles that talk about hobbies, that talk about interest. You have pictures that show yourself not just a glamour shot, but you have pictures of you doing something you care about, which is the other thing. When you're building a profile, um, having a glamour shot that you've touched up, face retuned and all of that as your your face, first picture may or may not garner interest, but it makes it much harder for people to connect to you and understand who you are as a person. Um, if you have nice hobbies, if you do fun things, and I hope you all have hobbies and you do fun things, talk about them and show yourself doing them in those pictures and it gives people a glimpse of who you are as a person it makes it much easier to have common interests something to talk about something to match on and like spring said if you put that out there people can respond and say oh my gosh are those blue milk pants and are you doing yoga black milk I don't know. I I sent spring a picture of lol butt milk a couple days ago maybe we can post that you have interest, you post about your interest. Yeah. And I think that it is really important. Yeah. So if we're thinking about the steps here, first, we're choosing dating apps that have the features we want that have, um, they're kind of used a lot in our physical areas. And then we are designing those profiles. Um, and so I think that when we're choosing pictures for a profile, it is very important to show kind of the variety of our life, the variety of our personality. Um, do some with silly faces if you're a silly face person. Do some with your pet if you're a pet person. Like have all of these different aspects of yourself represented in those photos. And then also making sure to write something a little bit about yourself because it's really difficult when someone only has photos to even know who they are at all like even just a couple sentences shows some of your personality and that can really make the difference in which way someone swipes or whether they choose to uh, send you a message and it makes it a lot easier to send those first messages when you have just a little bit written there now with the new frozen craft mac and cheese meals i can give them a complete meal that they'll eat completely That's right. No more broccoli battles. Just clean plates and big smiles. So moms, it's time for our victory dance. To the sprinkler. Uh Now shimmy. Mom, what are you doing? I'm doing that. You ate your whole dinner dance. Woo! That's right. Kraft mac and cheese meals. So good, it's gone. Find it in the frozen aisle. It's also really important um, to say that uh, you should try to post a picture of you that you like, that's flattering, that's recent and real, right? It's important that you're presenting yourself, like present your best self. That's great. But if you've spent six hours in Photoshop changing the way you look, if you have a successful match and a great conversation and you meet the other person in real life, it's almost like you've deceived them into having that kind of meeting as well. So it's really important to be your genuine self, not only in your comments, um, 
don't say that you like doing something if you don't like doing it because you think it makes you interesting. Make sure that you like doing it. A real safe one is hiking because, you know, if you say you like hiking and you don't really hike, hiking is just walking outside. <laughs> yeah, you could just downgrade it to a casual hike instead of a mountainous hike. <laughs> I always think that was funny when I see it in profile. I'm like, I like hiking. I'm like, oh, can you, oh, you can walk. Okay, we get it. What else do you like? No, but there's really fun things that you can do. Um, If you don't have things that you like to do or don't have fun interests, perhaps before you really dive headlong into dating, you can cultivate some fun things that you like to do that you can share with other people. Uh, yeah. So, what do you like to do, Spring? What are some of your interests? Like, what would you put? Like, what are your examples? Everybody knows that I like yoga. Um, I also like dancing. Those are things that I put in my profiles that I like to do. Um, and I mean, what I was going to say is thinking about kind of how you're presenting yourself. I think also that first picture is the most important um, because that is what people see first, right? And that they might not even continue to look at other photos. And so having that first photo be, first of all, a not overly polished one, I think is important because those profiles tend to look fake or um, like some people will just not look at those even if it is a very um, professional looking photo on the first one. Um, and then also, yeah, making sure that that one is like the best representation of your personality that you can get in a photo. And I think we don't want overly bland, overly sexy as that first one, just like one that actually shows who you are. And you can put those other types of photos in, um, but I think it's important to have the first one be really genuine. So I, uh, whenever I talk to my students about it, and they, I always say an action shot is preferable to a glamour shot, like something that shows you enjoying your life. Because that makes, I mean, if, if you see someone who's happy and, and they're doing something and it looks like they're having a great time, you know that you can probably meet them and have a great time doing something with them, right? Nice. But if it's just a glamour shot, you don't get that kind of, I don't know that kind of understanding of who they are other than good at Facetune. And the other thing is if you put like a super sexy one as your first photo, it's actually going to affect the types of people matching with you and the types of um, messages that you're getting originally. Um, I've noticed that just from experience and changing orders of photos. And I think um, it's really worthwhile to really strongly consider who you are going to kind of be pulling into your match profile based on how you order those photos and what that first one is. Um, and right. I mean, if you put something really sexy up front, everyone's going to think that you're in it for sex. And if you put yourself as a person up there, people are going to think that you're in it as a person, right? So it just changes the perception of the people around you. And like I, my first photo is me with my cat. And that's also because people that are allergic to cats should not, match with me <laughs> hey spring what's your cat's name cat <laughs> cat the cat i never thought spring would have a pet but now she has a cat and the cat's super cute <laughs> all right um there's a couple other really important things that i think we need to delve into today um 
one of our previous episodes, we talked about rejection and how to deal with rejection. And I think one of the parts of online dating that a lot of people are not comfortable with or not familiar with or not aware of when they start is that there is a lot of rejection, often that ghosting. We talked about ghosting a few episodes ago, too. Um, so there's a lot of rejection that you have to learn to deal with. There's a lot of ghosting that sort of happens where you'll start this great conversation. You'll feel pic- share pictures. You'll start talking about And then the person just disappears altogether. Um, so as you move into online dating, there's a lot of rejection that happens. I mean, there's a lot of rejection that happens in face-to-face dating, too. But I think that people sometimes go into it under the assumption that most of my interactions on the Internet are kind of anonymous and confidential and protected. But when you start doing online dating, you get rid of some of that, right? There's more vulnerability. There's more transparency. There's more, hopefully, honesty. Um, And with that, rejection can really sting in online dating. Yeah, and I mean, that's true. But also, I think that it's easier in some senses because you haven't actually met that person and sometimes it can be easier to know that the rejection isn't related to you so much as it is a lot of times um people get nervous about meeting people in real life and i mean there is uh this kind of area of rejection that just happens that is um people not being comfortable with this whole process of online dating and then actually moving towards meeting somebody. And I think that that's something that we should talk a little more about as well. Like how do you make the move from chatting with somebody online to actually setting up a time and place to see them? And a lot of that is uh, on how you give messages. Now, there's some; these are general overall stereotypes. It's not true for everybody. But men and women prefer and respond to messages and different kinds of messages differently, especially as you're moving forward. But no one likes to be strung along, which is the other part, right? So if you talk with someone and things are going well and you keep holding back and things don't progress, someone's going to lose interest with you. But um, when we look at the research, men prefer much more direct, assertive messaging. So if you're talking with a man and you're interested in them, being more direct, being more assertive and saying exactly what you want is much more fruitful. They're more likely to engage with you and things are more likely to progress in the way that you're being assertive about. Um, On the other hand, overall, and these are just stereotypes, right? So it's not all men or all women. Um, Women are much more receptive to conversations about events, talking about food and drinks, talking about going out. Um, So they're much more interested in in their they'll stay in contact and respond to you longer in those kind of conversations as well. Um, So think about who you're talking about, what you want, and then make sure that you're crafting that conversation that takes you to that next step where you might meet. And then on top of all of it, um, one of the biggest complaints that people have in online dating is uh, the the dilly-dally, the wait, the lead, where people will talk and talk and talk and never take that next step. And part of that is because of what Spring said. There's a lot of anxiety and fear of moving from the safe online communication to this first potential meeting in real life. So Spring, what, what do you think is the best way to make that happen? Well, first of all, I think that there's a timeline of about a week. And if it goes past a week of chatting without setting something up, maybe you don't meet in that first week, but without at least setting something up, um, that is where things start to fall off. Um, And so I think that, you know, kind of watching that timeline and making sure that it's um, not just going on and going on and going on before you talk about setting up a time to meet. Um, And I mean, I think that also um, some of those 
easy conversations to have at the beginning are what do you like to do on a first date or what would be your favorite uh, way to meet with me like asking questions like that so that you can start to kind of involve planning into those discussions that you're having with somebody we're going to do an episode on what dates look like and what makes for good dates soon Um, but that first date is important Um, And one of the worst first dates that you can do is something like dinner and a movie, which is why I keep saying have interests and have hobbies that you can do with this other person, like do something fun on a first date. And the other thing... That's not saying don't eat dinner, but (laughs) do something fun with your dinner. And the other thing is for first dates that, first of all, always that they're in public and that you're telling a friend uh, who you're meeting and where you're meeting uh, so that you can check in with someone. Um, But also, I think that for first dates, we generally recommend setting up something a little shorter. So when it's somebody that you haven't met in real life first. So you're setting up um, a walk somewhere, you're setting up a coffee, you're setting up something that isn't um, an all afternoon thing (laughs) because even if you have good text chemistry, you might not have uh, the best chemistry when you actually come face to face. Uh, Right. I had something, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, right. So in those first few dates, somewhere public, right? Uh, let somebody know. And also, it's okay to say no and end it too, right? If it's not working for you, if you get creeped out by the other person at any point during online dating from first chat to first date or second date or third, whatever it is, it's okay to say no. Um, It's also typically a good idea, especially if you're a little bit older and you're drinking alcohol. um, If you're going to have sex with that person, choose to like in your head, make that decision before you go out that night as well, right? Like don't let the effect like that will be something that you've already predetermined whether you're having it or not. Don't let the events of the night. Whether stay. you are interested in having it. Yeah. There. Thank you. Whether you are interested in have, having it. Um, yeah. But be, be willing and able and ready to say no. Like you might not like to be rejected. We talked about letting people down lightly. It's okay to let people down lightly as well. But if things aren't going the way that you want them to, if you don't think it's going to work out, it is a hundred percent okay to say no at any time and end whatever is going on. We've all had a bad coffee date with somebody. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm so I'm shoulder surfing. I don't want to be here. I'm not making eye contact. Do you know what shoulder surfing is, Spring? I think that means you're looking over their shoulder yeah. at other things that are happening. At other things and other people that are happening. Yeah. yeah. One yeah. of the surefire ways that you can see that someone's not interested in you and they're shoulder surfing you. But um, it's okay to say no. It's a, I mean, you probably shouldn't shoulder surf. That's kind of mean. But it's okay <laughs> to say no. Right. Yeah. And I mean, the way that I look at it when I go on a first date and I can immediately kind of feel like it's something doesn't feel great or it's not someone that I want to spend a lot of time with. I just um, make it into a game like what what fun and interesting conversation can I have in the next half hour with this person? Because, you know, I think it's yeah, I'll go ahead and like have coffee with you for the next half hour and then what what can I learn from this like what um what cool conversation or what interesting thing might I find out um during this time and I make that into a little bit of a game so that I am able to find some enjoyment in that time even if I don't ever want to see that person again Right. So even if the date's not going to work out you can still have a good time you can still have a fun conversation you could still make a friend at the end of the uh, yeah. At the end of the, is it still a date? First date? Coffee date? Whatever it is that you're having. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I mean, I think that that's the other thing at the end of that time, being very clear about whether you're interested in seeing that person again and whether it's as a friend or as a date. And um, that's something that a lot of people don't do very well. And they uh, tend to prefer to just like let it fall away or um, or not have that conversation at all. But it's much more polite and actually much more comfortable if you say it out loud and do it right then at the end of the day. All right. Anything else that we need to cover today? We really dug deep on online dating. Um, I mean, I think we barely scratched the surface, but that's (laughs) because (laughs) I may be a little more entrenched in that, but yeah. (laughs) But I think for a period today, I think we should do something a little bit different. I was thinking, um, Wait, one thing before we get to the period. We uh, we do have a little bit of cross-promotion we want to do. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Uh, so we are part of the Podglomerate. Um, it's a system that hosts interesting, engaging, fun podcasts. And there's a new one that's starting. And Spring's going to tell you a little, little bit about it now. Yeah. So... This podcast is called The Jet Setting Family, and this podcast is about a family that has kind of given up their home, their jobs, their comfortable routine to travel the world. Uh, So they are exploring um, how to travel, how to live in this kind of non-traditional way, and choose their own dreams. And I think that's a really cool thing, and that's something that goes along with our podcast in a way because we're encouraging people to explore fun things, explore their dreams, and not um, just necessarily do what society tells you to do. I love travel. <laughs> I would, if, if I had a dating app, I'd be like, I, I'll go pretty much anywhere. I, I just love exploring the world. And it's more fun with friends and other people, too. Um, what's the name of the podcast the again? The Jet Setting Family Podcast. And yeah, it's... Uh, pretty new. They just have six episodes up so far. Um, So yeah, go check it out. And you can find them on the Podglomerate or across any of the various uh, uh, podcast uh, apps and websites. Awesome. Cool. Okay, Okay. Okay. So we're back to our period. We had two this month. (laughs) Uh, Which is possible. Back to our period. Let's talk more about about periods. Okay. Spring loves to talk about periods. That's in all of her dating profiles, too. Like, I'll talk about periods with you all day. Okay. Um, so what we thought would be really fun uh, for our period is we're going to continue in the vein of contests. September is my birthday month, so we're having contests every week. Um, that's not re- It is my birthday month, but it is not why we're having contests, because we're giving away money. I'm supposed to get it. What? Just kidding. I don't celebrate. Anyway, um, so what we want you to do uh, across any of our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at The Sex Wrap is um, submit your best dating app intro line. So, uh, and we'll select the best and you'll get a $25 gift card for Amazon or iTunes or uh, what's the third one? Or the other, what's the other one that I have? I don't remember. Oh, Starbucks, so, Starbucks. Sorry, yeah. So this is, I mean, this is us choosing. So you might want want to pitch toward us a little bit also (laughs) so what do you think we would like as an intro line (laughs) like hey spring what's the best hair color pink or pink (laughs) oh my god i would so reply to that (laughs) i don't know what i would reply to good luck you should aim these more at spring than me i'd be like uh what 
know what <laughs> is it left swipe if i had it i'd be like left swipe oh maybe God. you can make me right swipe and win some money wait i saw this meme the other day that is i think the most hilarious thing i've ever seen so uh it was a guy saying that he put all of his photos in upside down in the dating app so that someone would have to turn it over and look at his photos and then when they realize i'm not attractive and they would swipe left but it would actually be swiping right Boom, match. <laughs> I know that That's how I want all of my relationships to start based <laughs> on the lies and deception. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks for listening today. If you have any questions at all or want to talk to us about anything, you can send us an email at thesexwrap at gmail.com. We have a phone number. It's 413-I-RAP-IT. That's rap with a W. Um, and you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Sex Rap. Thanks, everybody. Hope to hear from you soon. Bye. Bye. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too Music for this episode provided by the ever-elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe. Now with the new frozen Kraft Mac and Cheese Meals, I can give them a complete meal that they'll eat completely. That's right. No more broccoli battles. Just clean plates and big smiles. So moms, it's time for our victory dance. Woo-hoo! To the sprinkler. Uh-huh. Now shimmy. Mom, what are you doing? I'm doing that. You ate your whole dinner dance. Woo! That's right. Kraft Mac and Cheese Meals. So good, it's gone. Find it in the frozen aisle.